This podcast is brought to you by our patrons at patreon.com slash Elder Scrolls Lorecast. Robots Radio. Games. Lore. Stories. Community. Just press play. Welcome to the Elder Scrolls Lorecast, the podcast where we explore the amazing universe of the Elder Scrolls. Adventurers, welcome back to the Elder Scrolls Lorecast. This is your host, Tom, or Robots, and I'm here with my good buddy, Lotus of Doom. Lotus... It's high aisle time. It is high. Well, it's it's sort of sort high of aisle time for me for PC it's players. High aisle time for everybody else though, and yeah. soon enough to be me. It's uh, yeah. I'm probably gonna just get it to goof around with it on PC as well. I don't have it yet on PC, but I'm not gonna lie. I probably get it on. P- I've got the other ones on PC, so like yeah, yeah. You you will. You yeah, will. I'm very excited for it. It sounds like uh, a lot of stuff is is is. Very interesting. I'm most excited. Yeah. Well, today's episode, we're talking about Mafala, but real quick, we, just, we have to mention that High Isle is out. We've been waiting for this for a while. Um, I T, T- Rex in chat says uh, I already finished High Isle. Um, I finished. Holy the crap. That's amazing. Somebody that, enjoyed High Isle. Wow. Um, so I haven't done all the quests and stuff because I've been too busy playing the card game. So that's that's all I hear. Everybody, I just, didn't it, I predict almost, this? I predicted this. I was gonna say it's almost like you warned about this. I told on people. <laughs> I told people that like like everyone's talking trash about the card game, but six months from now, everyone's gonna be like, "That's all I've been doing is playing the card game." I told you guys, and like every stream, it's basically like anywhere in the directory, people are just sitting there like. Why? Why do I keep playing this? And they're just like everybody right. just keeps playing it. I was like, oh boy, it's happening. These card games are great. It's a lot of fun. Anyway, if you haven't checked it out, go check it out. You got to get through a little tutorial. Billy Boyd, the guy who yes. did Pippin, Pippin in the Lord of the Rings, or it was Pippin in the Lord of the Rings, is one of the voice actors for like the main character who walks you through stuff. He takes you through your first game. Uh, it's I very nice to have a, a game with Pippin. He's 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 a good he's 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 a charming fellow. Um, anyway. Awesome stuff. I've been loving it. I need to collect all the other packs of cards and get that stuff unlocked, which you can do by like doing some of the stuff around the island, like, uh, you know, some of the yeah, just the stuff, you know, there's stuff mm-hmm. on the island, the, the events and the bosses and all that crap. Each sure. of those things can potentially drop another pack of cards, all that stuff. It's, it's great. You guys should go check it out. But today we're talking about Mafala because we're continuing through our Daedric Princes. We're all the way up to the M's. Mayrun's Dagon was last week. This week. <laughs> we're up to M-E. <laughs> M-E. Mafala, the, uh, the uh, well, androgynous, although she tends to be female most of the time, but yep. is known as being androgynous, which is interesting because they get to choose their form. And some of them sometimes do choose male or female. But I think that's just more of like her in general is or she or it is more yeah. even as a female shaped character is still androgynous yeah we we've mentioned you know it's it's one of the things that the data princes kind of utilize physical appearance based on whatever and like they kind of just morph into whatever they need to for the for the time being like yeah yeah but she's 
she's I don't know. I think she's pretty awesome. So here we're going to do the rundown. We're going to we're going to be pulling a lot from the UESP and uh, of course talking more about that stuff. But this is a great source for just getting the the bits and nuggets to kind of get you, you know, further down the rabbit hole. So mm-hmm. here we go. Mafala is a Daedric prince whose sphere is obscured to mortals, which is one of the pieces of lore about that, although there's multiple pieces of lore about that. She is associated with murder, lies, deception, sex, and secrets, and is always weaving a web of intrigue and terror. So, awesome. Uh, Mufala mm-hmm. is also known as the web spinner, plot weaver, androgyne, the spinner, the spider, the teacher of the secret arts, and queen of the eight shadows of murder. How do you get that title? I want that title. I, a lot of murder. <laughs> lots of murder. Lots of shadows of murder. Lots of murder, of murder from the shadows. What's a really shadow of murder? Do it, honestly. Well, that sounds like a Kirk, uh, Kirk Brideian. Very Kirk Brideian. Yeah, kind of thing. Um, the silver spider, the spider god, the dark one, the whispering lady, the lady of whispers, and the queen of oblivion. Feel like two of those might have uh, kind of uh, not not been quite as creative as they wanted to think they were. Yeah, like they're kind of transposed. Whispering lady, <laughs> lady of whispers. Just so moved just, the descriptor yeah. to the beginning and after. <laughs> right, right. Uh, she is also referred to as the princess of secrets, and she who weaves the sordid web of human affairs. Long, thin silver hair is a trait associated with Mafala's champions. So, if ever you see a sil- silver-haired, wait a minute, Geralt of Rivia. <laughs> uh oh. Um, but I think Mafala's pretty freaking awesome. She, she, it, they, um, are very spider-like in appearance. Oftentimes, you see like the, uh, you know, the the spider legs coming up behind her. Um, the spider Daedra are very much associated with her realm. What do you think, Lotus? Do you have any thoughts on Mafala? Um, she's, I don't know. Mafala is definitely one of the Daedric princes that in the games, I tend to not really, she's there. Uh, she's related to many of the stories, but this is one of the Daedric princes that I feel always interacts a lot. Well, I guess this is kind of why if you're, if you're a web spinner and you're setting stuff up, it, it always comes across the, a lot of Mafala's dealings you don't even realize are Mafala's dealings until after you're already I, I don't know from tied up in them caught uh, caught in the web caught in the web thing. yeah she she yeah. manages these these things from the shadows right v- very much so very much so yeah so um so this is there's some really cool stuff in here and I'm going to quote a little bit more directly from the UESP than we've been doing lately because I like the way this is is talked about in here um this the second paragraph says Mafala interferes with the affairs of mortals for her own amusement and does nothing without purpose. Although I feel like all the Daedric princes do things with purpose like that can be true for everybody. But my assumption with the way that's worded, because this also could just be the way that it was added to the Wikipedia, because I, I saw that as well. Mm-hmm. I, I almost wonder if if the idea is since it seems like a lot of Mafala's dealings and you can run to it uh, in game quite a bit, there's a decent amount of dealings with her in ESO as well, but you'll encounter situations with Mafala quite frequently. And it sort of does seem like she's screwing with people for the sake of screwing with people. Mm -hmm. So like, I, I think the emphasis is more, even though it seems like it's just for amusement, like, oh, I'm just doing this to there's be a more to, to it. needle at you. Yeah. There's something you don't know about, which right. 
it, which has a deeper meaning. I, it's I not just mean spirited. Right, exactly. Yes. Yeah. There is a reason to it, even when it seems almost like it's just for sadistic pleasure or something like that. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, it goes on. It says Mafala thinks of the affairs of mortals as a weave, but pull but one thread and the whole thing unravels to her. The web of the Arabis is an interconnected system of action and consequence. And she spins new threads to influence outcomes. In an essay analyzing the Daedric Prince, Davith, uh, Divath, Divith Fear. Divith, Divith, I never know how to pronounce these words. Divith, Divith Fear. Divith Fear. That's how I think he pronounces his own name in game. Mm -hmm. So, Uh, yeah, he he posits that Mephala likely doesn't see mortals as mere playthings, unlikely some of her, unlike some of her fellow princes. Um, and there's there's some really cool stuff about Mephala in that she may be more powerful, even though she like strikes from the shadows, she kind of toys with people, she pulls things, you know, like pulling these threads of the web, that kind of thing. She, there may be more to her than we understand, like so many of these Daedric Princes. Right. So um, this passage says the web spinner deals in secrets and hidden lore. She and her worshipers value secrets and mysteries above all. And this gets really interesting here. Those who stumble upon one of Mephala's shrines or a place where an artifact of hers is hidden may find Mephala whispering forbidden secrets in their ears, which is interesting. Forbidden secrets, forbidden Mm -hmm. information. Now, let's see where this is going. Hermaeus Mora, the demon of knowledge, is sometimes referred to as Mephala's sibling. Right. That's that's another interesting thing because they both deal in, well, there are other parts, but they have one overlapping sphere, so to speak. Yeah. Like she she deals in like secrets, information that is not readily known and available. Whereas Hermora is not so much doesn't need to be a secret, but secrets are encompassed in you know conglomerating forbidden knowledge right right so yeah there's there's kind of some overlap there um there's also a piece of her history when we talk about some of the ideas behind you know where she came from how she actually plays into the whole system of these godlike beings that she may be one of the most powerful and of the originals that basically rebelled against the creation of of everything yeah Yeah. so she may have a lot more going on with the total grand scheme of the way uh, time plays out and like the analogy to the web, spinning the web, unraveling the web, all of these things. So she may have a lot to do underneath the surface with a lot that we don't really have a full sense of. Um, And we're going to go into this, I think, and maybe we should just go into it now because that may have a lot to do with her connections with or potential connections with the groups in uh, Tamriel who like to assassinate people, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, a little bit. So, okay, so if she's meddling in the affairs of people, she's into lies and secrets, but she's also into murder, it totally makes sense that she might be associated with groups that like to murder and do it secretly, like the Morag Tong, who we know is absolutely associated with her. This one is built on the the premise and the teachings. She's one of the good Daedra of the Dunmer. So she That's... basically taught them a lot about and it's part of why these like the secrets and the murder and stuff is in their culture is because it comes from her. 
Right. And and it's interesting because uh, actually T-Rex brought it up in chat as well mm-hmm. uh, that Mafala is considered one of the good Daedra in in the tribunal faith. I mean, we'll get into the fact that, you know, she's in anticipation, but it's, it's just interesting that when you're dealing with murder, lies, deception, sex, secrets, intrigue, terror, that's the good category. Right. I mean... This is sex is fun, but the, I mean, the rest oh, yeah, of those tend to be say, pretty look, negative. There's a couple parts of that that are kind of fun. <laughs> right, there's right. others that maybe don't fall into that category. Yeah, well, and, and I think part of the justification is you have the Keimer who are breaking away from the Altmer, and it was Daedra like her that helped enable them to do so. It was through, you know, murder and terror and secrets and, and right. things that, that helped them differentiate their society. So they saw this as beneficial to them mm-hmm. when, when she was basically you know part of this group of daedra who are kind of ushering them into creating their own society and and moving away from the other elves obviously to their own ends but they would look back on that and say well if it wasn't for her then we wouldn't have been able to do this we wouldn't be our own people when we'd still be under rule of this other group that we didn't want to belong with anymore right um and so therefore you have the morag tong which we have and if you're if you're curious about any of these other things there's the morag tong we've done episodes about them we've done episodes about the chimer these are all in past episodes you can go look them back up if you want um but now you were talking about the so we can go in two directions. We can talk about her as an anticipation, which I think we should hold off on on doing right now, maybe a little bit later in the show. Yeah, maybe jump into that a little after. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I want to point out that we know she's associated with the Morag Tong. The Morag Tong only lasted so long and were eventually disbanded. Yeah, maybe most likely. Yeah. For the most part, for the most at least part. they were. They they weren't so prominent when they got a little overzealous. Right. Uh, right. When they decided to graffiti up the walls with gore. <laughs> <laughs> right. It got a little too uh, out in everybody's faces and, and the rest of the yeah, empire didn't exactly. like it. Yeah. So then you have the creation of the Dark Brotherhood. So the Dark Brotherhood worships the Night Mother. And there is some speculation that Mephala might actually be the Night Mother because we don't know who the Night Mother is. Yeah, there's a lot of ambiguity around who the Night Mother actually is. And the fact that Mephala is all about secrets and Mm -hmm. not outing herself or itself, then it totally would make sense that the Night Mother could be the patron of the Dark Brotherhood because the Dark Brotherhood is all about the same stuff that Mephala is all about. So... That absolutely makes sense. Um, Mafala was also the patron of the Silken Ring, the group of assassins comprised of deserters of the Dark Brotherhood, the Moragatong, and the Shadow Scales. Shadow Scales are kind of a subgroup of those others. Yep. But um, so we, we know that she's associated with the Silken Ring. All of these things totally make sense and would absolutely fit under her sphere of influence and the kinds of things that she would want to be alive and active in the world spreading you know lies secrecy assassinations murder terror generally messing stuff up (laughs) generally messing stuff up so i can't imagine that even if she wasn't the night mother that she didn't have some influence over the dark brotherhood which has been documented there are members of the dark brotherhood who clearly worship mafala so i think all of this stuff kind of fits together that's my gut on it 
And it makes sense to me as well, especially because you kind of have to follow some threads to get there, which even that aligns with the idea that it's not a direct causal link, but it's like, oh, it's kind of obscured through this other set of like, oh, well, I need a little bit of misdirection because I don't want you to have a clear through line to getting back to me being at hand. I want you to be confused about who's where and what's going on type of thing while getting stuff done. Right. Right. So it would make sense that she would still be involved, but yet secretly be involved because that's also part of who she is. Right. So totally makes sense. Now let's deal with the whole Dunmer anticipations thing, right? She was one of the original, uh, good Dunmer still seen as the good, you know, uh, Daedric princess to the Dunmer. Um, she was the anticipation of Vivek. And what's interesting yes. about that, and we haven't done an episode on Vivek and the rest of the tribunal yet. We need to. Maybe we'll do that after we get through. Yeah, the rest maybe of after we finish Daedra. this uh, set of Daedric Princes, we should actually do the, the tribunal for people. Yeah, but Vivek is interesting because he's, I mean, when we see him in the games, he seems to be positively thought of by his people. He's kind of watching over them and protecting mm-hmm. him, those kinds of things. But we also know that he's a freaking liar. <laughs> Right. And <laughs> and he does some interesting things to get results at times. Um, yes. Yes. And, and, you know, which, again, kind of aligns with Mafala, where, you know, there, there's always a purpose. So that could also align with a lot of Vivek's interesting escapades to get things done. And then, you know lie about how he got there <laughs> right right and there's a lot of other similarities between vivek and Mafala. i'm not saying they're the same thing but certainly not he obviously is somebody who rose to power and is different from them Mafala. but there are similarities in who they are and the kind of role that they play and um it's kind of the traits they like exhibit most right and when you look at them it, it's not obvious but when you think about it a little bit androgyny is very much a thing Tied to yeah. like, similar to, um, yep. you know, Vivek. Um, yeah, Vivek is the ultimate of just all like everything, all encompassing duality, like the all combination male, female, like yep, everything. Both, yep, both, both things. of the things, all the things. Yep, yep. And then also, you know, secrecy, um, mm-hmm. even murder, intrigue, all of these yeah, things. I was going to say, connect to Vivek. Depending upon which of the stories you believe, uh, it's gonna, murder of basically your best friend for the pursuit of power so you know it's all it's all how you look at you know do you believe his story or not because again if that's a lie and and you don't follow the tribunal and you kind of believe the ashlander tribes well then he killed nerevar and that's uh that's that's some sketchy stuff yeah yeah and the few times that you do get to interact with him um even in eso he's he seems to have noble choice, like things, yes. but there's a little bit of like, mm, yeah, but I'm not going to share my power and I'm not going to tell you how I got it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, this is totally mine and back off. Like, right. There's, there's don't definitely make me that drop too. this bar now. Like I'll do it. <laughs> right. 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 <laughs> like it, he's, he's very much a politician in that way. <laughs> um, yeah. So, uh, okay. So there's the connections there. And I think that that part's um, interesting. Um, any other Anything I've missed so far that you want to chime in with? Um, no, not I, not specifically with this, although I am interested since we're kind of into the religion and culture section. The other thing that I really uh, the I, I guess 
referring to stories moving on from the anticipation yeah one of the stories and generally (laughs) love it or hate it but most entertaining to many the the whole situation with trinimac and the potential yes side story that actually involves a lot more mafala than many you know want to want to accept i guess <laughs> yeah yeah so um do you want to do you want to note this sure uh so just a, as a note uh we we've done the uh story of trinamac becoming malakath um right, right. and and there's lots of different ways to interpret that story, but one of them and the one involving Mafala, I actually don't remember if we mentioned it in the Malakath one. I assume we, we didn't, might have, but I think we, we skipped over this. Did we skip over that yeah, on purpose? We, we, I can't remember if we made it. Yeah, so, we talked okay. about the most common belief among, you know, individual yes. groups, but this um, one with Mafala's uh, adding into this one, we didn't discuss. Right. So there is another version of this story, um, which I'll just use the the direct part from um, the UESP, and then we can discuss it from there. Some versions of the tale of Trinamax Fall claim that Mafala was an integral part of his transformation. In one such iteration of the story, Trinamax battles Boethia uh, for turning the Velothi against the Adric ancestors and is stabbed in the back by Mafala just as he is about to deal a major blow. Which pause... Is exactly yeah. how you would expect Mafala to kill somebody. hundred percent. In the it, back, it, hidden yes. away, in secret, with a dagger. Yes. Exactly. Like, totally distracted, and here's my chance to strike. Um, Trinamac was too wounded to fight further, allowing Boethia to disfigure him and cast uh, the, dis- the disgraced god into oblivion. Trinamac tore the shame of failure from his chest, which created Moloch, and, you know, that's how... Moloch, that, right. That's the other the name. This is the non-feces version of this story Um, (laughs) yes yes but the connection here ties into the fact that also um in in some of the lore it's believed that boethia and mafala are potential lovers so there's a connection there where they're already in certain stories allies with each other Mm -hmm. so it further kind of puts forth maybe this maybe this was a dual effort to over overtake and embarrass Trinimac, dis, you know, disgrace Trinimac, whatever the case. But um, yeah, so th- there's potential that Mafala helped in this story and created Malakath or Moloch. Yeah, and that makes sense. They're both two of the good Daedra, yeah. according to the Dunmer. So the fact that they would be in league in multiple things, more than just one thing, is right. possible. Oftentimes the danger will team up when it's beneficial to each of them. And then that is very short lived. Um, but some of them are a little bit more tied more closely than others. So that could very much be a thing. Um, going back to the dark brotherhood and the, the night mother, remember the episode we talked about with the whole, what's going on with the void. Remember that it was about a year ago, almost when we did the, uh, um, the, the wa- weird and wacky stuff. We were talking about the oh, ending. Okay. Just, of the storyline yeah, yeah. from uh, the the Skyrim stuff in ESO, and yes, in that storyline, spoilers by the way, and this isn't too much of a spoiler, but a piece of the void makes its way to Tamriel, which is right. super weird because that the void is a thing and can manifest itself like on Tamriel, right? Yeah, it's it's kind of weird to think of the lack of something as being something in and of itself, <laughs> right? Yeah, and but if you take the whole 
perspective and there's a lot of debate about how you can see the nature of the, the godly beings and how they came across one of one version is that they are there are um padamaic forces which is like the dark chaos side of the whole spectrum right yep and if that's the case and the daedra are more padamaic they come from that dark chaotic something yep then and if mephala is the first of them or at least one of the first of them and is very powerful then maybe there's a connection there because we know that the dark brotherhood worship not only the night mother but the dread father and they call on the void the sithis specifically and they call sure. on sithis and the void which are supposedly powers that are more primordial and darker and more powerful than even yep. the daedric princes then maybe mafala has a very strong tie to that in ways that other daedric princes don't yeah it's an interesting potential side thing um that 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 could be you know, that could be because a lot of times you don't often see representations of Sithis or the or the Dreadlord. But there is a uh, statue in Elder Scrolls Online for what that's worth. Very similar spindly type of build. Um, it, it's a more masculine version. But again, we were talking about the fact Androgyny. that, you know, yeah. yeah. So it, it's interesting if there's, I don't know, maybe there's more to that than just a, a tangential connection. Maybe there's like a deeper, like, Oh, okay. You know, again, because it's unlikely Mafala would want you to know that it would be the same. If that was the case, like, yeah, not, yeah, but all of these references to, to these down would totally work yeah. to Mafal's advantage. Yeah, and and think about it: secrecy, murder, all of these things lead to chaos. They lead to the, what she does is chaotic, but it's chaotic constructive, not chaotic like Sheogoreth chaotic. Right? It's chaos with with the goal of sowing chaos, taking things back to a more primordial state. Yep. Sithis, all of these things feel very connected, almost like they're stair steps down from a primordial thing to a more concrete thing. Right. So right. I don't know. Maybe there's something there. It's just worth throwing that out. But yep. I think that there are hints, at least in the lore, that they that may very well be a thing. Um, so I'd love to hear what you guys think about all this. Uh, I think that there's I mean, even if they're not exactly set up that way, because the, the the actual structure of the Orbis and everything isn't this same way, it still doesn't mean that they're not all connected, which is right. You know, could be a thing. But tell you what, we've got more to go into. We've got a we got Lotus's favorite start uh, favorite stuff here. The artifacts coming up next, and uh, before we do that, we got to thank our patrons. So we'll be right back. All right, so everybody knows how VPN services and ExpressVPN can protect your privacy and security online, right? But did you know that there are some secret hidden benefits to using ExpressVPN, like unlocking movies and shows that are only available in other countries? So if you're like me, you probably enjoy watching shows on Netflix, for example. Well, with ExpressVPN, you can unlock the UK version of The Office. Or Parasite from South Korean Netflix. Over a hundred different countries. All you have to do is change your location and refresh Netflix or whatever. Hulu, 
BBC iPlayer, YouTube, you name it. In fact, when I set it up for myself, I was surprised at how easy it was. It just installs and then loads up and works. And it works on more than just PCs, phones, media consoles, smart TVs, and so much more. So if you want to access hundreds of new shows, use my link right now, expressvpn.com slash scrollslore, and you can get an extra three months of ExpressVPN for free. That's expressvpn.com slash scrollslore, expressvpn.com slash scrollslore to learn more. The skies are marked with numberless sparks, each a fire and every one a sign. All right. So we've got some new patrons this week that we need to we need to shout out. I think I shouted out Neil last week, but it was on the second, which was exactly the day that we do the show. And sometimes those notifications come in in time and not. But if I did, uh, you get you get it too. you get two shout outs. So welcome, mm-hmm. Neil, to the Patreon, uh, Gwingard, Nick. It's individual one named people. Uh, Megan S. who broke the pattern and Acalagus. I hope I pronounced that correctly. Thank you to our new patrons. Welcome to the Patreon. I'm so glad, glad you guys are here. Lotus, guess how many patrons we're at? Uh, I, well, well, at this point, it seems like we're we're pushing back to back toward our triple digits because mm-hmm. my lord, it's so many people sign up for this thing. So. I know, right? Ninety nine. We have wow, wow, 99. There you go. I, I, I'm one off from that. <laughs> one away from 100. So thank you, everybody. We, we really appreciate you supporting the show. Um, and big thanks to uh, Gami Boy, uh, Kira C, Noodle Al Dente, and Riverwood Chicken, because you guys are our tier five Daedric Princes. And uh, man, we couldn't do this without you. Thank you so much to everybody. And if, we, if we're helping you get through your workday, if this is one of your favorite shows and you want to make sure that we can keep doing this, um, any any of that stuff and you'd like to give back or you want to just check out and see what the rewards are, go to patreon.com slash Elder Scrolls Lorecast. You get every episodes, you get T-shirts. There's all sorts of there's all sorts of fun stuff. The T-shirts look freaking awesome, by the way. I'm just going to pat myself on the back again about that. Mm-hmm. I think they look really good. I'm jealous that well, I don't I have them. Design them and can confirm. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, go check that stuff out. And then we also have a review. This is on Apple Podcasts. And by the way, any ratings and reviews on Apple Podcasts or Spotify are extremely th- helpful. Please, please leave us five star reviews. They help us stay up high in the rankings. And then also, if you leave some words on Apple Podcasts, we'll read it out in the future. This one says Hermaeus Mora would listen to this show. <laughs> I love that. This is from Hasselhoff, who, by the way, left us or left my, some of my other shows reviews as well. Thank you so much, Hasselhoff. Uh, I hope you are the Hasselhoff um, <laughs> from the U.S. Uh, Hasselhoff writes, this podcast deserves to be shouted off the throat of the world for all to hear like a like a big dragon shout. Um, the host make the long and rather confusing Elder Scrolls lore easy to understand. As a longtime fan myself, I always end up finding something new when listening to this show. So if you're traveling the plains of oblivion, traveling one of the many paths, or just drinking some skooma, give this podcast to listen to. <laughs> I would love to hear people's interpretations of the crazy stuff we talk about while on skooma. Yeah, I, was, I, I can't imagine listening to the weird and wacky episodes while on Skuma. That seems like uh, <laughs> seems like a bad combo. I think many of them were written on Skuma, like the the theories that we talk about. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but th- thank you to everybody. We really appreciate the support. I couldn't do this without you guys. You are absolutely one half of making this a successful show. And I just I think you ap- appreciate it so much. Thanks so much. All right, let's move on with the rest of the show. 
Yes, yes, you're entirely brilliant. Conquering madness and all that. Blah, 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 blah. All right. Um, yeah, Rob, Rob saying it dips in and out of 100. It does. It does. Some some people just sign on long enough to get the old episodes. And that's totally OK. We've we've talked about that before. Um, but I'd, I'd love for it to keep moving up. I'd love to stay above 100 for a little while. That would be awesome. All right. Let's go. Let's talk about artifacts. Lotus, I know this is your favorite part. These are usually my favorite bits because this is more of the in-game stuff. So <laughs> and we um, know and God knows you've done everything in every game ever. <laughs> Not quite yet, but I'm getting there. <laughs> You're getting there. Um, so one of the ones that I, I why don't we start with the uh, the obsidian husk, All right. which is <laughs> which sounds husk, awesome. It, it, it's really funny. So the obsidian husk is is kind of interesting. It's it's specifically out of the dungeon uh, oh, fungal grotto two, which I guess shout out to that's myself. an old one. Yeah, yeah. Sh- shout out to some weird thing that I've been doing off to the side. If you're curious <laughs> on how this plays out, I have a storyline playthrough on my YouTube. It's it's just the storyline to this. Uh, and, and this was and one of the he's ones been doing of, all of these dungeons in ESO specifically. Right. This is an ESO yeah, so dungeon. that you can get the story without needing to uh, get a team. Or there's also a big problem of needing to make a new character to 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 replay them. But this was one of the ones many people mentioned they had no idea what the hell was going on in this dungeon until i did the video <laughs> that's awesome um, that's awesome so with the obsidian husk uh it's a magical stone associated with mafala its appearance uh is it's basically a transparent black crystal with the letter oat on it it's the daedric letter oat um the origin of the artifact is shrouded in mystery some believe that it's a fragment of oblivion have Having followed uh, a visiting Daedra from that plane, other believes it's magical in nature or it contains part of Mafala's essence. Uh, the husk has formidable powers and two known functions, which were discovered and passed down by the members of the spider cult, which is what takes place in the storyline of the fungal grotto dungeons from the Elder Scrolls Online in the Second Era. Um, additional spells may be tied to the artifact, but the husk never stays in the possession of a single individual for long. Members of Mafala Fala's cult have been known to scheme and battle over it, which interesting enough, you're in fighting causes it's a bunch of other strange situations. Um, but one of the things that it does is it can create and uh, control all manners of shades or they're known as shadowlings uh, to create a, a complexity and a, aberrant uh, intellect of untold power. Basically, they're kind of like little shadow minions. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's used to the effect of the idea it, it, as a quick synopsis, is to kind of invade the surrounding area of, it it takes place in Morrowind, um, but it's it's in the Stonefalls region, and the idea was that this cult uncovers the artifact and kind of like tries to use it to its own means, you have to disable it. You don't actually ever acquire this in a game yet. It, right. It's something right. you fight against. So. Right. right. But it is something absolutely connected with Mafala. Yes, it's very, very heavily a Mafala thing. <laughs> Spiders um, and shadows and all of that. Yes. Um, 
there's also the this is a different artifact it's called the threads of the web spinner mm -hmm. which are 27 pieces of extravagant enchanted clothing and jewelry associated with mafala and sanguine so it's kind of like a dual thing um the story goes that mafala sought to reward devoted followers of the morag tong and turned to sanguine to create them so it was kind of like I need somebody who can make super elaborate crap so that I can hand it out as gifts. Um, and, <laughs> nice. and sure enough, Sanguine delivers. Um, but each thread uh, enhances a single skill, such as weapon skills, speechcraft, magic, blah, 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 going on for 27 pieces, which is a whole lot of gear. Yeah. Yeah. And this is specifically from Morrowind. Yes. This is a Morrowind thing. Um, and staying with the Morrowind vibe, there's also Mafala's teacher, which is a Daedric club uh, that is believed to be associated with the Daedric Prince Mafala, obviously. Um, legends state that she used the club to punish her obstinate followers and remind them that discipline is required for executing all great schemes. So do what I say and be good at it because I'm going to club you if you're not pretty <laughs> Don't much. make me go get the club. Yeah. Um, the implement uh, <laughs> itself has two enchantments, which freeze and tire out the victim respectively. This is another Morrowind specific I don't believe it's been in any other ones other than other than Morrowind. Uh, maybe um, maybe Blades. Maybe it's, it's, it's uh, oh, is it? There's oh, a is it also to, in blades? blades? Yeah. Oh, I think you might be right. I think it's also yeah. in blades. Mm -hmm. You know, just a little, little side game, but still counts. Yeah, yeah. but it kind of almost looks like a pickaxe. Yeah, you're right. It's from blades. Yeah. You are correct. Yeah, it does. It does um, kind of look like pickaxe. I put it up on the screen for anybody. Yeah, kind of looks it. like a pickaxe. Um, then what do we've got we've got the other two we've let's got talk the about of, the ring of khajiits yeah because the ebony blade is my favorite of her artifacts so right, I, we'll do that one last gonna, yeah we'll do that one last uh the ring of khajiiti sometimes known as the ring of khajiit um is an ancient dating artifact many centuries old dating back to at least the second era so you're talking about the time of eso again uh, it is associated with the dater princes meridia and mafala which is an interesting combo another combo uh, yeah yeah, who have both been known to offer the ring in return for services. It is said that this ring makes the wearer invisible, silent, and quick, which that's a pretty lethal combo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to, especially for, for the sneak thief type. Um, mm -hmm. The ring was originally owned by Mafala until it was stolen off her arm by Rajin, which have we talked we virgin is is cool like there's yeah, some really cool i don't think we've discussed Regin specifically um, yeah but we'll yeah. have to deal with Regin at another point because there's a lot to Regin. so like yeah it's more than yeah. just a, a historical a, khajiit who was known for sneaky great great stuff. thief yes. um right basically just like a super burglar uh and and kind of become a becomes a, a god of thievery uh, yeah like a right. folk hero slash god it is it, part of also why i think so many of the khajiit tie themselves to being sneaky right is because right. he's kind of a i don't know a folk hero of theirs exactly yeah um and and you know what one of the just little notes was using uh using the ring regime became the most uh successful bur burglar in elsewhere's history and this is 
just one of the stories that I always thought was kind of funny. It is even said that Rajin stole a tattoo <laughs> from the neck of Empress Kentyra as she slept. Um, so that's just <laughs> that's great. You know, yeah. How it, do you know the difference between folklore and magic powers in the Elder <laughs> Scrolls? Sometimes it's hard to tell. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. But it totally, it totally fits into Kijiti, uh, the, the culture of just like emphasizing everything to the extreme. Right. Like this, yeah. he was so powerful. He was so sneaky. He could even do this thing, which sounds ridiculous, but it really happened. Like, it's like <laughs> exactly. Sure. It did. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, but then the, the interesting part about the ring of Kijit, which it, you know, it doesn't stay with a user as many of these artifacts uh, tend not to do eventually after making use of his power freely and becoming, you know, a well-known uh, thief, uh, the ring abandoned him and left him exposed to all of his enemies. Mm-hmm. Probably not so great. It's kind of like when you uh, in the Elder Scrolls for Oblivion go on a, you know, crime rampage when you're wearing the uh, gray cowl of nocturnal and then you, you know, take it off type of deal and yes. your bounty goes away, but except everyone still knows who you are. <laughs> right. Right. Or like Roz during the quest line in, uh, in, in, uh, whatever that expansion was, oh, um, in, in Northern elsewhere, in Northern elsewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Where, where, when he goes back to his hometown and all the girls are like, Roz, I thought you were going to take me yes. with you. You broke my, and he gets found out my heart. Literally all three of them, all like, the women scumbag. come back and they're like, wait, Roz, what about me? And then another one shows up and she's like, wait about me. I thought I was your girlfriend. And then exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Abs- absolutely. Awesome. All right. Um, so on to the ebony blade. Yeah. And the the final one we're going to talk about is the Ebony Blade, also known as the uh, also known as the Vampire or the Leech. Um, it's, a, you know, another data artifact from a follow. It resembles an Ebony Katana and personally, I think looks hyper badass uh, and is considered to be an artifact of great evil, having the ability to absorb the life life essence of those that it strikes. Part nice. of the damage inflicted flows into the wielder as raw power, draining the victim of their health and sometimes their stamina. Mm-hmm. That's rough. Um, yeah. I mean, that's definitely in game stuff because if you strike with someone with a katana, they're probably going to be losing stamina and uh, life. As... <laughs> and life. But you don't necessarily gain it. That's the whole right. thing is but that it pulls it's, it from them leeching into, into you. you. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Which is very interesting because the side effect of that is it also powers up the blade, which is really cool. Um, and in Skyrim, when you get it, it's, it's kind of how you buff it up. Um, unfortunately i find that this weapon tends to look and sound cooler than it is in game practice it actually seems to always peter out before it becomes too useful which is a little awkward but um it's also uh, they, they don't actually have note of this uh it doesn't seem like in the uesp specifically but um at least on the main page but yeah. it's also um i believe it's near enough uh which is a a villain in the crypt of hearts uh during the second era uh again another dungeon in eso you -hmm. can go to the crypt of hearts you'll actually encounter it in uh crypt of hearts part two and uh nirnith basically is corrupted by this and uh wields the ebony blade as well and one of the mechanics which is why i bring this up related to this is 
when you're in that fight and it's, it's in my YouTube video on this as well, it lifts one of the people in the battle and he holds you there and it actually drains that person's life essence out. And you have to jar him away from the person so that the blade doesn't drain and kill that person. Oh, so it's, cool. yeah. it's got that effect throughout more than just one game. Yeah. Which makes sense. I mean, they, obviously this was out in Skyrim before it was in Elder Scrolls Online. So they exactly. they took yep. that as kind of, you know, it can do these things. So let's use it in this dungeon in a really creative way, which, right. is, which is pretty cool. I, I like here that it says, uh, Khajiiti myths do not mention the blade by name, but instead refer to it as, quote, the killing sword of the spider and the black edge of sorrow. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. The black edge of sorrow. That... So good. Sounds like an emo band name. <laughs> well, hey, Boston, we're the Black Edge of Sorrow. <laughs> <laughs> All the songs we play tonight are in drop D. Here we go. <laughs> of our new only, album, Crying in Blood. <laughs> yeah, only guitar players are going to know. <laughs> crying in Blood. <laughs> I spell crying with C R in blood. <laughs> Wait, what doesn't even make sense? But it sounds awesome. <laughs> oh man! Yeah, I'm, we so, should totally uh, form a uh, yeah, Elder no, Scrolls. It's fine. Based you can download our new uh, emo band. special album coming up on Spotify. <laughs> right, right, right. Our, f- our first hit is going to be uh, "Ode to the Night Mother." Yeah, beautiful, perfect. Yeah. yeah. Yep. All right. Well, <laughs> that's all the artifacts. <laughs> I'm just going to go into this. I'm just going to start. I'm. You've got me so tempted to just start brainstorming all this other yeah, stuff. Yeah, I was going to say, we're going to um, bulldoze past our, <laughs> our potential musical project on the horizon. Yeah, if anybody else wants to work on a music project, let me know. I can I can do some guitar stuff. I can program some drums. I can play a little bit of drums. I can, I'll help you out. Um, <laughs> all right. So uh, we didn't mention the Spiral Skyne, right? The Spiral Skyne is yes. Mafala's Realm of Oblivion. And... Um, in some lore, it's talked about how like mortals don't know about her realm of oblivion, but in other right. stuff like in Skyrim, we totally know it's the spirals kind. <laughs> like, yeah, it's not yeah, a secret. No, it, it totally is, which makes sense because you have like a sky of yarn type of thing where it's like you know all of this, all these threads just wound together. So it's kind of fitting that that's you know the name of her realm, so to speak. Yeah, yeah. And it says here, some portions of the realm resemble a dark, sprawling cavern with a high ceiling dotted with luminescent mushrooms. Spiders, horvers, and all manner of crawling creatures inhabit the plain, and tall buildings with arches and spires dot the landscape. Crystals of deep red hues jut from the cliffs. Ceilings and walls in geometric clusters. I was almost going to say geothermal, but that doesn't make sense. (laughs) Geometric clusters comprise of uh, prism-like shapes. And this is where you get a lot of like the spider kith and the spider data yep. and all that stuff. Um, I really like the way this spiral sky looks. There's a few times in ESO where we get to travel there. Yes. <clears throat> that was something I wanted to bring up. I really wish we could get more of it because the little bits we've seen in um, the Elder Scrolls online are really cool. So yes. I wish that we got more of it so that we could it's, see more like the Deadlands or Cold Harbor or, you know. It's like how I do my all the spiral sky looks like the lighting in my room right now. All actually, these, it really does. Yeah, the blue lights and the red. I didn't realize this until actually thinking about it right now. But I, I have, you know, colored lights in my room and I can change them with the app. Um, but 
almost all the time, you'll notice if you watch the live streams that I've got like blue on one side of the room or red on the other. Um, yeah, yeah, that, that's basically, it's all just dark blue and red light. Everywhere. Yeah. And the night, the sky always looks kind of like a really cool night sky with, I don't know, it's, it's cool. It's, it's a wine really, so deep. You didn't even realize you were part Mafala. I guess I am. Say, Oh no, that's, that's that what I get for inevitable. At this, this goes point. back to that band is inevitable. We're just going to call the band Mafala. <laughs> oh my God. And then the album can just be, the album can be called, uh, the black edge of shadow. Yes. Perfect. Perfect. We've got it. This is going to be a hit. This yeah. is going to be amazing. It's going to be something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, somebody in chat said, oh, uh, Ben of Tamara says, you need to sing in a Khajiit voice. <laughs> 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 oh, man. All right. Well, that's, I think that's it for this episode. Um, oh, wait. Yeah. Now I got to do the extra stuff. I got to do the extra stuff. Okay. Okay. There's some extra stuff here. Um, I guess the main thing, well, one of the one thing that I found super interesting is that Mythala may be based on the sisters of fate of Greek mythology, since both see the lives and affairs of mortals as a tapestry or web and cut uh, and cut down their lives. Um, yeah. So th like we've talked about some of these Daedric princes being pulled from other mythologies or stories. Um, the sisters of fate. It's kind of an interesting connection yeah. there. Um, also. Mafala, we got to talk about the voice actor. Yep. Mafala is voice acted by Colleen Delaney. And Colleen Delaney has all of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven entries in uh, her IMDb. Six of which are just different spellings of Mafala. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, check this out. So uh, the oldest one is 1998's Homicide Life on the Streets, Ooh. where she played a character on an actual TV series. The rest of these. Uh, except for one, it, one's another TV series. The rest of them are video games. So 2008's One Fine Day, where she played Sandy Clementine, which I don't Already? even remember that show. Um, but then everything else is video games. The Wheel of Time, Hammer and Sickle, which are like older games. And then okay. Skyrim, where she played Lydia. What? What? She's the voice of Lydia, Rhea, and Mephala. Oh, that's great. Yeah. And then... She shows up in Fallout 4 as the voice of all of the Assaultrons and specifically Pam, who's a really cool character in Fallout 4. And then Fallout 76 is the voice of the Assaultrons again. And then Ellen Santiago and Polly, who was part of the Wastelanders DLC. Yeah, yeah, part of the Wastelanders. Nice. Yeah. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, so not a huge filmography, but some really cool roles. Plus, every time you hear Lydia talk, you know that that's the same voice as Mafala. So there you go. Interesting. Yep. She integrated your home all along. <laughs> yep, yep. And Rob, uh, yeah, she's your wife, it seems. She's <laughs> Rob's wife. Mm -hmm. I'm assuming you mean Lydia, that you married Lydia in the game. Not that you're no, actually married, married to Mafala. Or, or the voice actress. <laughs> Or the Assaultron. Or the Assaultron. Yeah, I don't know if an Assaultron's a good spouse. I mean, they're kind of hot for robots, but... I was going to say, I'm not one to judge. <laughs> There's plenty of fan art out there. Anyway. <laughs> moving uh, right along. Moving along. The the show. <laughs> so that, that's going to be this episode. Um, Lotus, I know you guys did a episode of Tans Tales of Tamriel about High Isle. Yes, just kind of like a quick recap one. It's been very busy on the weekends, what with it being summer and doing a million things. So the the, the episode actually just came out uh, today, which is like Thursday the 
uh, 9th of June. So it definitely got posted a little late because we had to record it yesterday, which was a little weird. Um, and I believe we are not going to record on our normal time this week because the Bethesda Xbox showcase is this Sunday. Yes. Um, I'm so, going to be live streaming this. Yeah. And... So rather than record literally like an hour before the, <laughs> the show, which right. I'm not expecting necessarily a tie in, but all Bethesda stuff kind of sort of can lead into each other. Um, so, so we might end up either doing it after or like a day later or something like that. So there will definitely be an episode upcoming, but it, it, it might end up being like a day or two late again, because if they launch, you know, if they announce something and then it's like, okay, cool. We had an episode. And then directly after it, it's like, Oh, rip. They talked about all these exciting things that we didn't get to talk about. So I think we might just for the sake of logistics, delay it a little bit so that we can talk about what's in the Bethesda slash Xbox showcase. Um, yeah, it totally makes sense. Much excite. Yeah. Um, I'm going to be live streaming that, uh, me and Dave Chaffins, who is my, uh, co-host on the Starfield Lorecast, which was picking up steam until they're like, yeah, we're delaying it again. And then we were like, ah, unless crap. we were getting ready to do like weekly shows. Cause we thought we'd have right. more to talk about. Unless it's the ultimate misdirection where at the Bethesda showcase, they then change the date back to 11, 11, 22. <laughs> Yeah. because it's super memorable <laughs> oh i so doubt that especially with yeah, all no, the that would latest stuff about result in terrible crunch I yeah do that. about crunch and all that so um yeah I, I totally doubt that here's i do have a theory do you have any theories for what we're going to see on the show real quick i so in, I have in a all honesty i have n i i think maybe something with quake or i could mm -hmm. just be obsessed with wanting something with quake i'm not sure think, which is i think the there's case. totally a, a chance there i think that the doom team has probably moved on to Quake, or they've taken cues from Doom and I are love Quake, pulling so that really, over. Really want Quake, yeah. Because if they can, if they can reinvent Quake the same way they reinvented Doom, absolutely, it could totally work. Um, I think they need to go back to the core of the game and not some of the like sequels. But um, yeah, I, I, I without getting too much of a tangent here, I I like the weird medieval style Quake. Yes, thing. like the weird dungeony stuff from Quake. One. Yes, mm -hmm. more than I like the the space version of Quake because they kind of alternate from game to game to game to game. Right, I agree, and the space stuff just feels derogative of like everything else that's space. And yeah, the if you saw the game is, thing it's today, fine. it's like half the games were space horror. And it was like, well, awesome. Now we're getting just more space horror games, um, right. which is fine. They can be they can be cool. It's just we don't need another one of those. Um, here's my theory. My theory is I've got 20 bucks that we're going to see something about whatever the Fallout project is that Microsoft is doing next. Uh, so is this New Vegas 2? Potentially. So now that they've got Microsoft owns Bethesda and Ob Oblivion. And I know Oblivion, Oblivion is Obsidian. I'm sorry, Obsidian. I know Obsidian is um, busy working on some other projects, but my theory is that they're going to, they've, they're looking at Bethesda. They're looking at the mediocre success still of Fallout 76, which I know that they've committed to going at least five years with that. Yeah. But they've also looked at the timeline. They still haven't released Starfield. They're not going to release Elder Scrolls 6 probably for another four years. Um, and then begin working on Fallout. We're still a decade away from another fall, main Fallout game. Plus, now they've got all these studios together. It totally would make sense for them, for us to see a like New Vegas 2 logo with, okay, this is now 
in the planning stages, we're going to pull some of the writers from Obsidian. We might pull some other studio who's somebody else under the Microsoft umbrella to actually start building the game. We're going to do some cross studio stuff in order to make this thing happen. That's my theory. Interesting. Interesting. I could be totally wrong. You know me. I'm just going to throw stuff out there because sure, sure. I might be right. (laughs) We'll see. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't know. I, 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 I always kind of fall into this weird camp when it relates to, to fallout games, uh, and obsidian games specifically. I know a lot of people, uh, obsidian is like their darling like company and it makes the games. The way obsidian designs games is not the way I enjoy playing. Yeah. Games. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so they're definitely like new Vegas is, well, here's the thing. I think Not what they super my thing what they to the others right, what they should do though is take the writers because some of the core writing team is still part of Obsidian. Some yes, of the same guys who worked that. on like the original Fallout's are still part of Obsidian. Right. And they right, bring right, those right, writers it, on. Yeah, that was interplay when they got right. folded in exactly. Right. And they say, "Okay, you start this out. You write us write us this the storyline, write us some of the dialogue for the main quests and, and that kind of stuff. And then we're going to take this and we're going to hand this off to another team to actually implement it. So now you you have the writing from the original writers which everybody thinks is the best part of New Vegas, and then you have the implementation overseen by some of the lead project people at Bethesda with some mm-hmm. other studios brought on to actually do the creation of the assets and the building of the dungeons and like that kind of stuff. Right. There you go. And then I now, guess, yeah. now you got a new Vegas too. Um, and to answer Kung Fu's question, uh, what, what do you, uh, what do I look for in a, a new Vegas? Too? I think it's going to be a continuation of new Vegas. I think, I think we get some sort of lore confirmation about the way that all of that stuff went down and they continue it. I, Absolutely. I think that would make a lot of sense. Um, but anyway, that's that's not Elder Scrolls <laughs> stuff. Everyone's hearts that I crushed in chat by <laughs> saying that Obsidian is not. Yeah, they, yeah. they are. I want to like their other games. I just never can stick with them. My thing is, I don't know. Maybe they're just always too rushed between they had crunch on New Vegas. Mm-hmm. They had crunch on uh, Knights of the Old Republic 2. Yep. Yeah, Dungeon that wasn't Siege really three was unplayable um <laughs> right, right. They even just, yeah. uh what was the space one that came out recently um the uh oh uh, outer worlds outer worlds like i've tried to get into playing outer worlds like three times and i just I know, can't he, keep playing it and i think yeah, it's because it just doesn't feel as deep as the fallout games yeah I the just, world is cool like the characters are fun the shooting's yeah fine. it's just yeah they're they're i don't know they <laughs> I'm I'm very glad that a lot of people like Obsidian. <laughs> <laughs> I love I love the world building and the writing, and I think that that's always been their best quality. Mm-hmm. The actual well, like completion of also, games has always been difficult for them. One thing they do that I will absolutely give them credit for, specifically with New Vegas, uh, their ability to go dark on the story with Caesar's Legion. Oh yeah is something that I feel like we always make reference to things being kind of dark. Um, they're, they, they take it to some extra dark places, which is fascinating. Uh, so, so they've definitely got that in terms of writing, but yeah, most, most of those projects just have not aligned with things that I necessarily have liked. 
Yeah, I totally get it. I totally get it. But I think I think we might see a logo. I think we might get confirmation that like, yes, another Fallout game is in the works and it's this is what it's going to be. Um, yeah. And, you know, wait and wait another three years and maybe it'll come out. But at least we got something going. So um, and, and they could use the current updated, you know, engine and all that stuff and make it work. Uh, but anyway, that's my theory. Um, you guys know about my stuff. I've got a bunch of other shows. Come join me on Sunday uh, during the live stream on the Robots Radio channels on Twitch and YouTube and Facebook, whichever one you prefer. I'll be streaming. Uh, the nice benefit of doing that is that you'll get to see me and Dave and maybe we'll have other, some other guests. Maybe Lotus, if you want to join us, um, sure. reacting to it. Um, but then you'll also have a chat that's not just like shooting up the screen so you can actually talk with <laughs> yeah, some other people. Yeah, thousand miles an hour. Right, right. <laughs> So you can actually be involved with chat with us. And we, I'd love to see your, you guys experiences and thoughts and things as we go through that too. So we'll be doing that on Sunday and uh, my other shows all can be found at robotsradio.net with all the other shows on the network. So go check that stuff out. That's what we got for this week. Thanks for being here, everybody. We'll see you again soon. See you guys later. Bye everybody. Thanks for joining us. We'd love to hear from you. You can reach me on Twitter at robots underscore radio or Lotus of Doom at Lotus of Doom. Also, you can join us on the Robots Radio Discord channel. You can easily just search Robots Radio Discord on Google or check the description underneath the podcast. Also, this podcast is recorded live every week on Thursday nights, 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific on the Robots Radio channels on Twitch, YouTube, and on Facebook. So just search Robots Radio on any of those platforms come join us we'd love to chat with you while we record the show or before or after either way just come hang out with us and if you're looking for more information about my shows and the shows on the robots radio network go to robotsradio.net for all the information about all the shows on the network including the robots radio rocket club where i help both new and existing podcasters to grow their shows build their audiences and create the best podcast they possibly can all of that at robotsradio.net we'll see you next time